The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Reed Wilkins, who's the host of Inside Sports, the Oilers pregame show and overtime open line right here on 630 Chad. I think, uh, what is it, pulling quadruple duty at this point? No, not really. <laughs> just doing my job. Yeah, just, just doing the job. Who needs sleep anyway? I'll have it coming up. It's no worries. It's nice to be here. Yeah, today's obviously... Uh, a pretty significant day, If whether you're an Oilers fan or if you're an Edmontonian, period. Uh, if you are just getting caught up on what's going on in the world, I learned of the rumblings last night, actually listening to uh, your your post-game show, saying mm-hmm. it's not looking so good for Peter Shirelli, who's, uh, who was now uh, formerly the GM of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, that officially kind of announced early in, in, in to the evening. What was it, around 1 o'clock in the morning, officially? news broke? Uh, well, I mean, the Oilers didn't actually make it official till this morning, but yeah, I mean, several reports, uh, I guess, starting after midnight and a lot of speculation during overtime open line. But uh, this was coming for a while. And just with the uh, continued performance of the team and the continued holes on the roster and his, well, first of all, the fact that he created some of them and then his inability to, to fill them along the way. Uh, and, you know, he, he put himself out there. There's no doubt about it. So they made the playoffs a couple of years ago. A lot of expectations going into last season, and they never came to fruition. And the team was, you know, pretty much out of the playoff race most of the season. A couple of flirtations, but they were never really right in the thick of it. And uh, he said in the summer, "I'm not going to change much. I believe we're more like the previous year's team than this past year's team." Okay, well, you know, he's the boss. He's putting himself out there. Uh, you know, I always uh, certainly had some concerns about who would score outside of McDavid, Drysdale, and Nugent Hopkins, but he's thinking some other guys can do it. And then he fired Todd McClellan. So there you go. That's a big bullet out of the chamber because, you know, you can say, okay, I believe the coach dealing with the players on a day-to-day basis, he's not pulling them in the right direction. He's not pushing the right buttons. He's not getting the most out of the players. Once you do that as a manager, you're next. You know, and I'm sure I'm sure Peter Shirley smart enough to to know that's how it works. Now they they started great under Ken Hitchcock, and uh, now it's back to some really lifeless performances. No one attacking offensively except for those guys that I mentioned, and uh, and so there you go. So it was it reached the point where to me it was you know going through the weekend and, and seeing how how poorly the team was playing and the continued problems. I thought, all right, they'll either do it you know, today or before the end of the week, before the All-Star break. And then if they don't, I start to think, well, then maybe they just stick to the end of the season and and, uh, and then pick somebody new in the summer. But then you're, you know, then that's a tough situation for Shirelli if he's kind of gets the sense he's a, a lame duck GM anyway. So, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> so the Oilers lost three straight at home. Uh, the final, the end. Uh, we, we we knew that Peter Shirelli was on the chopping block. He knew that. Uh, was last night against the Detroit Red Wings, a loss of 3-2. Uh, Shirelli won the Stanley Cup with the Boston Bruins back in 2011. We inherited him in April 2015. He was named Oilers GM, President of Hockey Operations 2017. Oilers make it to the playoffs for the first time in 10 years. A lot of optimism, people painting uh, Talbot's face, Connor McDavid's face on the side of their cars. It was a time of great excitement. And something I saw 
just out today with some, some statistics about how they've done over the last 14 years. And this is the fourth best season the Oilers have had in the last 14 years. Yes, they have on- not been good. They have not been good by any means. But if this is the, if we're still talking like this is one of the better seasons that they've had in recent history, mm-hmm. is this just a, a part of the ongoing blame game? Uh, w- how many coaches have we been through in in the last eight seasons? Yeah, we were at uh, almost a coach per season when you average it out. Well, not quite, but there's there have been a lot. Yeah, I mean, there's, and, and I think this is what Bob Nicholson's meant today, and and I, I really. I mean, he blew it. I'm just going to say that. He blew it when he said this. I don't think he meant it the way it sounded, but when he said there's something in the water here in Edmonton, I mean, that's already being mocked. The Oilers Nation guys have already whipped up T-shirts with with it on there. Uh, That was a really poor choice of words from a guy who's usually a very good speaker. But I I, I think what he's, he's saying is there's something wrong organizationally that they're that they're still trying to figure out, you know, and whether it's hiring the wrong people or keeping the wrong people around or hiring too many former Oilers who maybe aren't qualified for those positions and then keeping them around in other positions. There's there's a, a repeated. Uh, you know, there's there's been a repeated failure despite high draft picks and and star players. I mean, five years ago, we were talking about Hall, Nugent Hopkins, and Everly, and to a yes lesser extent, Yakupov. And now we're talking about Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, and McDavid. And yet you still say, how can you not at least put an average team around them? You know, two, like two years ago, the Colorado Avalanche had one of the worst seasons this century, like of the last 19 years. Like the Colorado Avalanche two years ago were worse than the worst Oilers team that we've seen in the past 12 years. Well, last year they made the playoffs and this year they got one of they got the best line in hockey and they're not a, they're not a great team but they're ahead of the Oilers and they're they're in better position to make the playoffs. So, you know, Edmonton's highs have actually not been that high. Like like what you're saying, this this is on pace to be the fourth best regular season since they made the Stanley Cup final. And obviously the just one playoff year so they're going to bring it, and look, Peter Peter Shirelli is is not blameless. I, I he he made a lot of mistakes, like I said, and especially in the last two years since they make the playoffs. Everybody talks about dealing with with failure. Well, he didn't deal with success very well because he didn't wasn't able to read what happened and who could repeat what they did didn't and, and what holes it. they they might have to do and all that kind of stuff. Um, but again, why is it? Repeatedly, they have high draft picks and and players come up short around them. Like, are there things that need to be looked into, into how the team is organized, the standards that the team has, the way staff are treated, the way players are treated? Like, I think this all needs to continue uh, to be examined. And I think, I, I think Shirelli had a lot of power. Absolutely, I do. But whoever they hire, I, I, again, has to have a lot of power and a lot of say to do things what, his Can way. I just ask, what is different about the Edmonton Oilers than the Boston Bruins when he can he can make that a, a Stanley Cup winning team and he comes here and, and, and can't make find that success here? Well, a few things. Uh, Boston had uh, Tim Thomas in goal, who had some exceptional seasons. They had Zidane Ochara on, on defense. The Oilers have not had players of those qualities in either position. Um, you know, so, I mean, you can, every general manager is also at the mercy of what happened before him. You know, the first year Shirelli was the general manager, the Oilers finished second last in the NHL. 
I don't think a lot of that was on his managerial failings because you're dealing with previous contracts, previous players. It's hard to overall overhaul things. Um, but I think he had great goaltending, great great defense in in Boston. Um, don't forget, they were a good team that got to draft second overall because of a trade with the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, the Phil Kessel transaction. So they drafted Tyler Sagan after the Oilers drafted Taylor Hall. So they were already a decent team, and then they got the second pick in the draft. And as a rookie, he had some pretty good games and helped them win the Stanley Cup. Now Shirelli eventually traded him. So uh, that's a fair question. Why was he successful in Boston, part of a successful team, and wasn't in Edmonton? Well, it's not only on one guy. I think he benefited from some circumstances there. Uh, I think he made some better decisions. And what is interesting for me is when Shirelli was hired here, I, I talked to some people who covered the Bruins. And despite that, you know, Sagan trade and, and, and a couple others that he made that were criticized, and every general manager has bad moves, you know, a couple people said that his the, the, the trades he made were actually on the whole okay, but he didn't draft very well. And now as he leaves Edmonton, I, I think, you know, some people would say, well, at least he might have drafted better with Keith Kresge's help. Like maybe there are some, some things coming in the pipeline, but a lot of the moves just just didn't work out. You know, he either gave up too much in a deal or acquired somebody who just couldn't do the job that he wanted him to do, that he thought he could do. I know that it can be totally counterproductive talking about what if, if we did something differently before. But when I think of the, the, the Todd McClellan firing, it seemed like one of those movie scenes where there's two bad guys and one has a gun to your head, another has a gun to my head, and you make the choice. Do we take you out or the other guy out? And in this case, he chose to fire Todd McClellan. If someone else had stepped up and fired Shirelli first, do you think Todd McClellan would still be oh, here? Oh, I don't know. Do you, I, but, I have no but idea. Do you, do you think his coaching was a problem or it was no, further up the ranks? No, his coaching wasn't a problem. Like, should he still be here? I guess is my ultimate question. Well, I don't know. I don't think Todd was a bad coach. So I guess I, I, I would have kept him as a coach. Sure. They'd probably have the same record they have now. We dedicated- I mean, they have virtually the same record under both coaches. But, but I said it at the time that McClellan's coaching was better than Shirelli's managing, but the coach always takes the fall first. Almost every time, the coach takes the fall first because the manager has that decision over the coach. We've dedicated a ton of our coverage today to the firing of the GM, president of hockey operations for the Edmonton Oilers. And one thing that just jumps out at me, and I'd like like to talk a little bit about it with Reed Wilkins, host of Inside Sports, the human side of this. We talk about it so matter-of-factly, we want to blame people. Uh, you look at Twitter, and it's ugly. It's horrific what things that have been said about Peter. Um, get them out of here. Let's remember these are humans, and, and even with Todd McClellan calling for people's heads, we just want someone to blame. Just the human factor. When you get walked out of your job, it's not at the same level, but then again, you don't dedicate... I don't dedicate as much fandom and as much money to my accountant if he was fired on, and I, I'm told someone else is going to be representing me now. So I do get it to a different level. But I want to talk about the human side of when you are fired and you are such a giant face in a passionate, passionate hockey city. Uh, we are n- continuing the conversation about Peter Shirelli, the future of the Edmonton Oilers, what it looks like. Again, if you're just joining uh, the GM and uh, president of hockey operations has been let go. And in the interim is Wayne Gretzky's brother, Keith Gretzky, 
is going to be at the helm. What I told Reed, and, and this isn't something we necessarily focus a lot on when we're in 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 our the depths of coverage and talking about what this looks like for operations, what this means for fans and season tickets holders, but the human side of it. This is so public when a GM or a coach is fired in the NHL and there's not a whole lot of sympathy for them. In fact, Mark texted in from Bonneville saying millionaires losing their jobs shouldn't make anyone lose any sleep. And I said, Twitter's a pretty ugly place right now. Just saying, finally, finally we got it. How, how many times has Fire Shirelli started trending on Twitter just in the last few weeks? And Vincent say, is saying, hey, Twitter is not a good gauge for anything. Don't measure humans by it. It's a glorified comment section. But that's like saying <laughs> that's, that's, like, that's like saying don't take anything personally. And uh, we hear so often, and, and people are saying, "Hey, they understand it's just business." Shirelli should understand it's just business, but it's not just business. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Like, yes, he's a hum- he's a human being, but he's in a business where your your performance is almost entirely measured on wins and losses. So the business therefore reflects that he didn't perform well enough to keep his job. No, that's that's not a personal attack on the man. That's not saying that I I, I don't take glee in in people being fired. I don't take uh, I don't take any glee in in pointing out things that I think Peter Shirelli should have done better as a general manager. It's not that I take satisfaction in that, but the laws of pro sports dictate that if you do not win enough, there's a good chance you may not deserve to keep your job. Now, to me, that's not that's not a personal attack. To me, the fire Shirelli hashtag. Well, yes, that's out there, and maybe his family sees that or he sees that, and that's difficult. I don't think that's excessive. Insults, personal attacks, crude remarks. Okay, yeah, sure, I think that's excessive. But talking about his 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 performance, or even a fan saying, "I don't think Peter Shirelli should be the general manager." Uh, I don't think that's excessive. I mean, I've seen some stuff that I, I think is excessive. I had, I've had stuff texted to my show that, you, you know, I think is excessive. Um, but talking about his performance and the performance of the team he put together and, and drawing a conclusion that you as a fan or a media person or observer don't think he should continue in the job, I don't think that's excessive at all. I think that's the game. That That is, that is the business. That is the business. If you... If you go to a movie and it sucks and you say the movie sucks, that's not a personal attack on the movie makers. That's saying I pr- purchased their product as a film and it did not entertain me. So therefore, you can say I didn't like it. Now, if Tom Cruise is in the movie and you start threatening him on Twitter and his, his family, all right, that that's overboard. But uh, uh, uh evaluation of someone's performance in in the type of industry that the Oilers are in, that that's fair. Uh, any professional league can be pretty incestuous as far as sharing different personnel, moving between clubs, coming back to a club. Uh, what's the rebound rate look like? Like how soon could we anticipate Shirelli popping up as a GM for another club? I don't anticipate it at any time in the near future. That's how poorly he did. Because of the damage he did here. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure he'll get another job. I mean, often guys scout or consult or do player personnel stuff. For him to be an actual GM in the short term, I think, would be a stretch. What about uh, a coach like Todd McClellan? I think he'll be a coach next year in the NHL. Have we heard anything more about him, or he's kind of in 
quiet family time. Yeah, I think so. Well, Bob made a reference today that he's in Switzerland. I, I, don't, I don't know why, but I know, I know Todd has a has a home in, in Kelowna. Just in, getting to enjoy it. Not golf season there, but uh, big white. Nice spot to go uh, snowboarding, I guess. Yeah, I've, if he's I've into never that. asked him if he snowboarded. but I'd like to know that if you could get to the bottom he'll, of that. He'll coach. I... I I don't. I don't necessarily think Todd will coach this season. I, I here. I'll make a prediction right now, because people love predictions. Love especially predictions. Mine, they're usually wrong. I think Todd's an NHL coach uh, on opening day in October. Okay, you heard it here first. Uh, who's Keith Gretzky? And uh, Walter Gretzky must be one proud papa. Wayne. Wayne well, is part Keith of the organization. Gretzky is uh, in a tough situation because first of all, he's burdened with that last name. And I have actually heard a lot of good things about Keith Gretzky, uh, about how hard he works, about his talent evaluation. Um, but you know, he was he was hired by Peter Shirelli, who was he was with in Boston as well. Uh, so he now is the interim GM of the Oilers. Again, I I would highly doubt he'll wind up being the full time GM. He'll shepherd the job until until they get somebody else. What other Gretzkys? are in the hockey world that we could potentially hire in coming seasons. Well, maybe Walter. I don't know. (laughs) I met Walter Gretzky. Walter Gretzky's great. Did I tell you that? I met Walter Gretzky at Gretzky's, which is a bar in downtown Toronto, really close to to where the Leafs play there. And he came up, and I was there with a girlfriend before a game, and we were having some drinks and dinner, and he just came up and started telling stories about Wayne Gretzky. And I kept being like, this is Walter Gretzky. What a moment. sat down, had a drink with us. It was exciting. He told the story. I'm sure. Is there anything else you want that we have that's really pertinent? We need to talk about Peter Shrelly because I want to tell you the story. Well, I'll probably talk about Peter Shrelly for two hours tonight from six to eight. So okay, so we I'll can give you. I'll give you th- thirty seconds of your own, Kelsey. Okay, appreciate that. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember what the trophy is, and this will bother the hardcore fans. But one of the stories that Walter Gretzky told us sitting at our table it was so cool. We were in this little booth, and he came up and he was pointing. There was a trophy in a case right beside where we were sitting, and he said that was stolen once. And I hunted it down. I guess there was a, a group of guys there. They were there for a bachelor party. And they stole the trophy out of the case. They were taking a limo to the game after. And they were talking about the fact that they were going to the Leafs game. So he kind of had an idea where he might find them. And uh, sure enough, they, they've left their table. He looks over. The trophy's gone. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to connect a lot of dots about who might have taken it. Right. So he called the police. He said, "We don't. There's not really much of a lead here. Like I, we wouldn't know where to chase down." So he went over to uh, not Maple Leaf Gardens, where they play at the Air Canada Center now. Um, he so he went over to the Air Canada Center. Literally just poked his head into the back of the all of the limos that are and. F- there's the trophy. They left it in the back seat. They couldn't walk into the oh, game excellent. with it. So he opened the door, grabbed the trophy, and off he went. He was so proud of himself that he got to be a detective. That's great. That's my story of what Walter Gretzky. And, and uh, clearly a nice man with the ladies at his son's bar. <laughs> the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.